today on Hardwired. Have you ever noticed we trust the pizza delivery man more than we do God? <laughs> you call up that place as a Domino's, we'll have it there in how long, or you get it free. And when you order that pizza, you have no problem. You get your table ready. You get all the dogs put up so they don't attack the guy when he comes to the door. You know the pizza delivery guy is coming. Why? Because he said he would. You are listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. It's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and hear about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference as it's hardwired into your life, your relationships, and your future. You may be stuck in traffic or maybe even stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help you get on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. And if for any reason you have to break away before the end of the program, you can always catch it at our website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. So let's go ahead and get right into today's message. Here's Pastor Jeff to set it up for us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, the last few times together, we've been talking about change. We find that the minute we come to Christ, all the way to the time we go to heaven, we are in change. We're changed when we're saved, and we are made into the likeness of Him day by day, faith to faith, glory to glory. God is always leading us into more change. But it's very important that once we reach a certain level, once we reach a certain place in Christ, we know how to keep the change, not to lose ground, not to give up what we have attained. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today, keeping the change. I believe that God is changing you as I know he's changing me, and we never wanna go backward, we wanna go forward. So, I'm excited to share part two of the message, keep the change, let's go. We're talking about change, I've been talking about change or croak. And that's been the name of the series. And I believe that statement. I believe change or croak. God requires change and God brings change. And that's what I'm gonna talk about today. I wanna talk about keep the change. Keep the change. God is a God of change. Now, God does not change, but God brings change to his people. The one unchanging thing in all the universe is God. God never changes. The same God that was carrying them across the wilderness is the same God who was here with us today and the same God that lives in you. And he does not ever change. James said he is without shadow of turning. He does not change. His word never changes. He never revises his word to meet the needs or the um, requests of a culture or a society or a person. His word remains the same because he remains the same. But he brings change to you and me. And we've got to learn to flow and to flex and to go with change. And if we don't, we'll croak. If we don't, we will fossilize. We will miss God. Change is inevitable and change is non-negotiable. You can't get away from change. You can change or you will stagnate and you will fossilize. That's a fact. Change is the wake-up call. It's the alarm bell to new horizons and a fresh spiritual growth that God wants to bring. When God is gonna do a new thing, he brings change. He brings change. 
I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again today. If you say that you're saved and you know Jesus and you have not changed, you are not saved. So, Pastor Jeff, that's kind of judgmental. No, no, it's not either. It's what the Bible says. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. That doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means you have undergone change. To meet Jesus is to undergo change. So when people meet you, who you haven't seen in a while, they wind up saying things like, wow, you're not the person I used to know. No, because I've met Jesus and he changed me. I'm not perfect, but I'm not where I used to be. He's changed me. You can't meet God and not change. You can't come into his presence and not change. The Israel of the wilderness did the same thing they did when they should have left Babylon and returned. They refused to change. They griped and they complained about everything. We read it, but let me read it again. We remember the fish, which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. What they're really saying is Egypt was better than this. And that was absurd. When Moses was called to deliver them, God described their condition to Moses. Here's what he said. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry due to their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Listen to the words, oppression, crying, sorrows, slave masters, and they missed that? Have you ever noticed? You can be in living hell and get out of it and three years later look back and say, those were the days. Have you ever noticed that about human nature? Oh, I remember in those days, but in those days you were praying that God would change them. But their complaint was absurd. Oppression, crying, sorrows, oh, no, no, no. Their prayer brought deliverance, but deliverance required change. They loved the deliverance, but resented and resisted the change. What was the result? Listen to what the result was. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme, the men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. All God wanted them to do was two things, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey Has it ever occurred to you that most of the trials you ever go through require those two things and that's it, trust and obey? If you'll just trust me and obey me, you'll come through this. Most of God's teachings to to us are to teach us to trust and obey. Every trial requires that you trust and obey. But in the midst of change, they wouldn't do either. They didn't trust and they didn't obey. They transitioned from Pharaoh to Moses, from slavery to freedom, from Egyptian food to manna, from the land of Egypt to the land of the wilderness, the rule of a dictator to the guidance of God, but they never embraced the change. They never kept the change. They never owned the change. God got them out of Egypt, but he never got Egypt out of them. And so because of that, they died in the wilderness and they missed God's highest. Now, how do you embrace change? Because we're in change, and a lot of you are in change in your personal lives. How do you keep the change? How do you keep it? How do you own it? How do you learn it, love it, and live it? And how how do you get the most out of it so that it doesn't work against you, but it works for you like it has with me and Kathy so many times in our walk with God? I'm gonna tell you some simple things about 
flowing and keeping the change. Are you ready? You gotta trust God with change. Now, isn't that elementary, dear Watson? And yet, I don't know about you, but I still have trouble sometimes trusting God. How's that for honesty from a preacher? I wish I could tell you I trust him perfectly all the time, but I have my moments. Not where I really doubt him, but my stomach gets tight. And I feel like, oh, he better come through. Oh, I hope he comes through. Have you ever noticed we trust the pizza delivery man more than we do God? <laughs> you call up that place as a Domino's, we'll have it there in how long, or you get it free. And when you order that pizza, you have no problem. You get your table ready. You get all the dogs put up so they don't attack the guy when he comes to the door. You know the pizza delivery guy is coming. Why? Because he said he would. And you know their reputation rides on them getting you your pizza. When they come to the door, you don't say, oh, thank God, I didn't think you were gonna make it. <laughs> They'd be backing off, looking around. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you're here with the pizza. We just, we were so filled with doubt. You don't do that. You say, here's the money, man. I've already counted it. Here's your tip. See you later. Thank you for the extra cheese. But when God comes through, it's, oh, whoa, that was a real trial. You got to trust God with change. The children of Israel had zero trust in God, zero. It was so bad, they actually accused him of bringing them into the wilderness to kill them. We know why we're here, they said. You brought us out here to kill us. How sick is that? Now, in all honesty, I got to tell you, I don't totally blame them. I really don't. I've tried to put myself in their shoes. It would have been a tall order to trust a God I didn't know very well at all. They didn't know God. Even though they came from slavery, at least there was a certain predictability and familiarity with Egypt and with slavery. They didn't have their parents or their grandparents or their great-grandparents or their great-great-grandparents to tell them anything other than slavery and Egypt, slavery and Egypt. For four centuries, they had been in Egypt in slavery. That's all they knew. They had no other frame of reference. Then out of nowhere comes this guy claiming to be their deliverer. They don't know Moses. He comes out of the wilderness and says, I'm here to deliver you. All he's carrying is a stick that does tricks. <laughs> a stick and a trick. Isn't that what it was? A stick and a trick. He pulls off some really spooky stuff too, like uh, covering the land with stinky frogs. Lice, hail, bloody water. Everything he did with that stick was kind of gross. How many people do you know that can hold out a stick and the water turns to blood? I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to take them out to dinner. <laughs> Would you? When they finally get released from Egypt, they set out on a journey. Watch this, on a journey where they've never been before. And they don't even really know where they're going. The same spooky guy with the tricky stick holds it out over the sea, which proceeds to split in half to create the first and last supernatural expressway straight through an ocean. If I'm one of them and I'm walking with a wall of water on either side of me, my heart's clean. I'm repenting of anything I've ever done or ever could do. But this was massive, y'all. All they'd known was Egypt. 
when the last Israelite steps across, the two walls of water collapse on Pharaoh and his armies. They drown right in front of them. They look around at their one million or so compadres. Some of them can see Moses, but most of them can't. And the vast majority of them don't know him at all. And this spooky kind of guy with that tricky stick, they hear he talks face to face with God. They hear that his face glows in the dark. They're in a land they've never seen. Their food is so strange, they call it, what is it? They have no arrival date. There's nothing on their ticket that tells them when they're going to arrive. They don't know where they're going exactly. And God says, trust me. If I'm them, I'm having trouble with this. And we too are asked to trust God in change. Trust Him. And not only trust Him, but embrace and keep the change without going back. Before Pastor Jeff comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple of important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, hardwired.org. You'll find today's program along with all of Pastor Jeff's messages. There's a growing list of great things to check out at the site. So hop on over and check it out, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. And be sure to tell your friends about the program. We know you're being blessed by it. I'm sure your friends will be as well. We're here to reach as many people for the Lord as we can. So getting the word out will help us on this mission. And that's what this program is all about. And Pastor Jeff's back now for the conclusion of today's program. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he's gonna direct your path. But guess what? Sometimes that path is just as unknown, just as spooky, just as difficult as this was for them. Don't expect the path God leads you down to be lit up with Christmas lights with angels playing their harps in the background. That's where trust comes in, when things are kind of spooky and uncertain. Trust comes in when you've got to believe in the character of the person you must trust. Isn't that what trust comes down to? A couple of weeks ago, I had to get eye surgery. Uh, when I was 16 years old, I was watching a rock fight, just watching. And I looked down and I looked up just in time for it to hit me in my right eye. I didn't even have time to blink. And I'm not gonna get gross on you, but my right eye filled up with blood. I went immediately blind, totally blind, and got rushed off the ophthalmologist's office. And he, that was back in 69. And he looked at it and said, I want you to lay flat on your back for the whole summer and hopefully the blood will soak back in and you'll be able to see again. We talk about a summer of anxiety. I could picture myself, you know, asking someone for a date. Two different colored eyes. One go out. That's what I was thinking as a 16-year-old. <laughs> Kathy's shaking her head at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, here's the deal. It soaked back in and I could see, but it, it damaged my eye. It scarred it. And I had what's called a traumatic cataract. And for years, it didn't really bother me. Any, but it started to get worse. Long story short, just a few weeks ago, he said, let's go ahead and take it. So I go in there early in the morning before the rising of the sun. They get me all prepped, it's day surgery. They gave me a shot to knock me out for about five minutes so they could give me a bunch of shots around my eye and I wasn't awake. And don't you dare tell me 
You should have just done it in faith. Ah, uh, I believe in modern day medicine, dear. So they knocked me out and they did it. And anyway, I'm being wheeled in the operating room. And I'm about to have my eye operated on. And in comes the, the surgeon, my ophthalmologist. And here's what he says to me. I'm laying there, uh, you know, and I'm awake while they're operating. And he says, well, are you scared? <laughs> and I said, well, no. He says, I would be. I'd be scared to death. <laughs> That's what he said to me. <laughs> well, you're the surgeon, man. You're supposed to comfort me. <laughs> but I found myself saying something. Now follow me. This came out of my mouth, unpremeditated. I said, I would be, but I trust you. When they told me they wanted to do this, I went looking for his credentials on the wall. Where'd he graduate from? Do I recognize it? How many honors does he have? How well is he known? I looked for his credentials. And I got to a place where I trusted his character. Now, let me tell you, his credentials can't hold a candle to the credentials of Christ Jesus. And he says, trust me. And he's done more than graduate from some university with a skill. He is the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the anointed one, the Messiah, the savior, the provider, the healer, the bread of life, the good shepherd. He's our guide. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He spilled his blood. He canceled Satan's assignments. He raised us from the dead. He filled us with the Holy Ghost. He's coming back again. And so say with me, I can trust him. Trust now, here's the second way that you keep the change. Let me move quickly. You got to see the beneficial side to it. See, change is a lot like manna. A lot like manna was to Israel. Change is a lot like manna was to Israel. What was manna like to Israel? They didn't like it. They didn't understand it. And they didn't see God's purpose in it. But you know what I've realized reading the word? And this just so blessed me. God did not give that manna just to feed them. That manna was not given just to sustain their bodies as they crossed the wilderness to go into the promised land. That's not why the manna was given. I want you to listen to what the Bible says about the manna. It says, yes, Moses talking to the people, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna. Now notice, by giving you manna, God humbled you. That's more than just sustenance. God had something in mind for their character, something they were going to have to have in order to cross the Jordan and conquer the promised land. He humbled you by giving you manna, but it doesn't stop there. It goes on to say he did it to help you realize that food isn't everything and that real life comes by obeying every command of God. Now, I got to tell you, do you know how many manna issues there are in your life? How many mannas God has put there? You don't like it. You don't understand it. You don't see the purpose of God in it. But a lot of what God allows to come into your life is manna because he wants to humble you and teach you spiritual lessons and bring you to another level. You look at it and you say, what is it? What is this relationship? What is this job? What is this struggle? Say, so, well, I don't see any purpose in it. But God says, no, there's purpose in it. 
Is there a purpose in everything I allow into your life? There is a purpose for everything that goes through the filter of my protection and comes into your life. There's a, there's a purpose for everything. And it's to humble you and teach you that we will not live by human food. Life is more than a Ruth's Chris steak. That is not the ultimate life can give. Life comes from feeding on the Word of God. We are sustained by the Word of God. And God was trying to teach these people the value of their relationship with Him. So He took away the glitter and the glamour and the glistening and the appeal of something so simple as food so that they would not look forward to that or at that, but would instead look up and learn the lessons that would carry them over. And though they could whoop somebody, these were men of war. They couldn't learn. The manna was sent to bring spiritual growth to them, to teach them to depend on the word of God and not just food for life. And I guarantee you, that's why God takes away the glistening and the appeal and the enjoyment of some things in life for you and me. When you're going through a tough time, a straightened time, a restricted time, a difficult time, this world and its appeal loses its glamour and its attractiveness. And it's at those times, God wants us to look up and look in to the word and learn that we are sustained by the promises of God. We are sustained by the faith and the hope that they bring. We are sustained by our walk with God. And so that's the lesson of the manna. And if there's manna in your life in relationships or a job or something difficult, just know that God's allowing that so that you can learn the higher lessons. Listen, God is always preparing you for the next level, always. When he gave them that manna, here's what he was looking at. I see you in the promised land. What this manna is gonna teach you is gonna carry you to the promised land because they would not learn the lessons. They didn't make it to the promised land. Listen to Hebrews 6, powerful stuff. He says, let's stop going over the same old ground again and again. Do you ever feel that way? Haven't I been here before? You ever been in a spiritual cul-de-sac? Haven't I been here before? Haven't I dealt with this thing before? Haven't I dealt with this lesson before, this person before, this circumstance before? Let's stop going over the same old ground again and again. Christian walk is not a merry-go-round. It's a race. He said, the Lord willing, we will go on now to other things. Did you hear that? The Lord permitting, we'll go up to the next level. And how do you do it? Learning to trust and obey. You trust the surgeon. All right, we're talking about keeping the change, embracing the changes God either brings or allows. I wanna share one more with you real quickly. Can you take one more? The third way to keep the change is you gotta have some guts. You gotta have some guts in this walk we're in. Can I tell you a little secret? God doesn't raise wimps. Well, that's a terrible word, Pastor Jeff. I mean, he doesn't raise sissies. God raises warriors. God raises fighters. God's looking for people with a backbone who will look into the face of our hostile media and say, I believe Jesus is the only way, the one way. I stand on the word of God. I'm not ashamed of what I believe and I don't care what you think. God told Joshua four times at his commissioning to lead the people in Moses' place. Before he was commissioned to lead those people, God told him four times, be strong and brave. Joshua, if you're not strong and brave, you're never gonna make it. If you don't mix your faith with bravery, you're never gonna make it. To embrace change and keep it without wanting to run back to the familiar, you gotta have some guts, some intestinal fortitude, a backbone, 
steal in your spirit. The heart of a savior, but the hide of a rhinoceros. Courage is not a total lack of fear. It's a refusal to let fear control you. It is stepping forward, even though the knot in your stomach is still there. I'm doing that with this building right now, let me promise you. Stepping forward, but every once in a while, there's a little knot there. I walk into it and I look at it, and I say, oh, but I keep going. Because I know what's there for us. Without courage, most of what God wants you to do will never happen without courage. You've been listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. It would mean the world to us to know how the program has helped you today. So take a quick minute and give us a call, 877-884-3111. Or you can connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. And if you enjoy the program as much as we love bringing it to you, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us. There are daily costs associated with the program, and we truly do depend on the faithful financial support of our listeners like you to allow us to be on this station. So please, consider partnering with us today with your gifts to this ministry. You can call us at 877-884-3111 or go to the website hardwired.org. Again, call 877-884-3111 or at our website hardwired.org. Thank you for your loyal partnership as we couldn't do this without you. And finally, Pastor Jeff is the founder and senior pastor of the vibrant Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're ever in the area, we hope you'll stop by and say hi. And let us know that you listen to the program. That would really make our day. And Pastor Jeff would love to meet you personally too. So till next time, have a great day. And thanks so much for listening to Hardwired.